mighty senses tingling. Hello. Paper keg, the aftermath. <laughs> 19. 19, we're here picking up the pieces of several bombs dropped. Down in Paper Keg Southeast. The Dirty Jers. Um, big show. This is uh, the Paper Keg podcast where we talk about industry news, the comics we're reading, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. a book club book, The Sword, as picked by Just Dave. Just Dave. The That's Luna right. Brothers. We'll get to him That's in a right. second. Um, and we also read your letters live on air to tape. It's an important part of the show. We everyone. get them. You know, some some we have to weed out because they're just flat out not good. We'd review your iTunes reviews too, but uh, we don't get any. So you know, <laughs> don't turn into that host. <laughs> oh yeah, sorry. Don't turn into that host. Next, you'll be asking for donations to keep the show alive. Oh, Buy us movie tickets. Uh, that is podcast bad boy. Dale underscore A, he's back at the beer. The bombshell of the last show. Managed to uh, find my way back, and it's uh, it's good to be here. Uh, DC historian. What up? At Farrington says, for anybody who missed the name pronunciation, out of his element. You know, he's he doesn't have his big paw up on his on his table and <laughs> he's without in his basement. Look, I'm just happy that we're back together after last episodes. Cliffhanger. Cliffhanger. I didn't think this was going to happen. You know, I got a big job. Will Jonesy return to the show ever? Uh, let's answer that question. Just Dave is back on the show. Great to have him here. Thanks for being here, Dave. Thank you for having me. <laughs> um, you know, there's a lot of questions floating around about uh, Jonesy. You know, uh, he. You know, uh, we, we got a, he got a fan club image drawn for him this week. Um, would he return after the last show? Ever, I mean, I, <clears throat> my understanding is he's he's making other plans. Yeah, he's got a fan club now. God knows what that's about. <coughs> but know. the image leaked, and uh, according to a paper kicking listener out in Pittsburgh, they tweeted me that they saw him at the Andy Warhol Museum, what? Pittsburgh, well, something like that. Meanwhile, we're trying to get an empire up on running, and so needless to say, we're contacting writers or artists to you know redo our logos. Mm-hmm. You know, we'll, we need to maybe Photoshop the Hulk's face a little thinner. To make it look yeah. more like Dave. Right, right. Some um, glasses on there. Yeah. You could be the Bruce Banner to Jonesy's Hulk. Right. I could. I could. So let's, you know, um, thanks, Jonesy, for 18 episodes. It was yeah. a good run. Let's get into the news right now. Um, Miles Morales is the new Ultimate Spidey. Your thoughts, Mark, because you're also black. I'm loving it. Uh, mm-hmm. This is one of the first times we ever see a Spider Man story without peter parker in it mm. it's cool 21st century i like a minority i was reading an interview with bendis apparently it was a big drama as to whether or not they're going to keep the name of spider-man as an alliteration there was a little bit of debate in that in the house of ideas who mm. knew hmm. i think they they tossed around spider homes spider <laughs> spider vato too <laughs> maybe we'll see if jonesy can come back for episode we'll 20 you know this could be your last uh i don't know i'm i'm, I'm i like that they kept the alliteration you know i read uh, ultimate fallout number four on the train you know from new york yeah uh i think the, uh, the the comic isn't all that great but i like the story involving him you know there was other two garbage chapters and not involving him i can't wait to 
Mandy Boo and I are going to do a review of, of three, right. which obviously was comes before four. And it was the biggest ultimate turd. One and two are like the most fantastic books ever, but uh, mm-hmm. three and four, junk. Get them out of well here. Said. So you're replacing uh, Jonesy as uh, the Duke and Duchess of Paper Keg with Mandy Boo. Is that what's happening? Yeah, I mean, the, the, I can't fill those. Nobody can fill those roles. Right. Let's be right. I may be a squire or, uh, <laughs> you know, I'm like Paul Rogers to his Freddie Mercury. <laughs> wow. Queen, you know what I mean? <laughs> but no. uh, I think I absolutely will be buying Ultimate Spider-Man number one. Yeah. You know? Absolutely. It was uh, terrible because I was, uh, you know, I'm a business guy. Yeah, I was, you're in, a business I was on a business trip earlier this week to South Carolina. You're big time. Doing my best to avoid any and all Ultimate Spider-Man spoilers. And, you know, as a business guy in, in a hotel, you know, they deliver you the paper every morning. Every morning. What? Paper at your, front, at your door. I don't believe that. I opened my door to, to leave for the day to go to work. Miles Morales, front page of USA Today. Jesus. Just blew my mind, and I was FNP'd all day long. You know what's crazy is how many people out there in fandom are actually getting bent out of shape over this. I mean, Ron Mars got onto a Twitter fight with Scott Lobdell over this. Mm. Well, I'm not bent. I was not just I'm just bent out of shape that the spoil it was spoiled for me. But uh, yeah, what, I mean, what doesn't Ron Mars get out bent out of shape? Oh about? my God! You watch what you say about Mr. Ron Mars, okay? He, he should change he his Twitter name to he, Bent he, Out of Shape. He brought me Kyle Rayner, <laughs> and for that I will eternally once be again, grateful. Once again, a creator that gets a free pass because of one storyline that Mark enjoyed <laughs> like 30, <laughs> 30 years ago. Yeah. Yeah, well, what can I say? He now, did his job and oh, did it well. You know what sucks is all those Miles Morales, you know, haters uh, were writing articles or they were getting articles about racist comic fans. All those comments were from the comments of a website on USA Today. Who reads the comments on any website aside from ours? Right, and who reads USA <laughs> Today? I mean, how do you know they still had a paper? I and have an, I have an I'd app. Be, I'd be curious to see how many actual, you know, everybody's talking about, you know, quote, Everybody that's down on Spider-Man because he's a different, you know, he's not white. I'd like to actually see some evidence of somebody actually complaining about this. I think more people are saying, well, they all, they're all they all saying. I don't think anybody's saying Maybe you right. mean. Who's they? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, who, yeah. who's they? Do- give me some documented proof, mm-hmm. and I will believe that those people are the bad people. So you think they're just really racist, and they're making up people that are being racist to become racist? No, I just think that they're putting a, a spin on that art, the, the article to make it look like they're defending and they're the good guy. But I, I don't, I'd, I'd like to see somebody complaining about it. What would you do to them, personally? I would... Uh, I mean, I'd sweep their leg. <laughs> sweep the leg, There's Johnny. no room in that for my life. Oh, God. I'm kind of curious as to how well Bendis can write a minority. Not saying the non-minority. What? I'm not. What? Hold up. Hold up. Let me be a racist now. Let me, let me get into it. I'm, let me get into it. I'm not saying that non-minorities can't write minorities. I'm not saying that at all. Sounds like it. But as a minority, I can always tell. Yeah, or he's I can, never done Luke Cage on New Avengers. No, or, never before. You, you know. can usually tell if a... Minority is writing a minority, That's and I'm absurd. curious if That's I'm absurd. curious if females feel that same way when women are writing women characters. Name three examples of your statement, please. Right now. Christopher Priest on Black Panther. No one read that he ever. About this. So Dwayne McDuffie on Static. No, no I'm, I'm saying uh, non-minority writers writing minority characters. I want to see three examples where you knew. I'll do an article. Right. No, 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 no. He'll do an article after he goes and picks it up and figures it all out. I'm not saying that I can't tell. I'm saying that sometimes you can tell. Not because it's better, not because it's worse, but because it's different. Because some of the views that 
some of the experiences that I might have as a minority, they work into their writing. No better, no worse, but just little things. Eight mile over here. Yeah. I'm just telling you. I'm telling you. You know, this is some, this is a statement that Jonesy would make, and we would have to <laughs> notate it yeah. for the wiki, which, um, you know, we, we've talked, and, and Dave, uh, Dave is working on the wiki for all of Jonesy's incorrect it's moments. Epic. It's I'm telling epic. you, I will get some female support. I will get at least some fans who can back me up on this. Speaking of racism, Lawrence Fishburne. Oh, man. He is the new Perry White in The Man of Steel. Your thoughts, Dave? Let's hear it right now. I have no idea what this is all about. <laughs> this is the first I'm hearing of it. I don't know. Breaking news. You know Lawrence Fisher from The, the right, Matrix. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah, I know who he is. Was he in Ghost Dog? Or was that the... No, that, that was, was Forrest Whitaker. Forrest Whitaker. Uh, that was a terrible movie. He was the was voice a of, pas, he was the, the, voice of uh, the Silver Surfer in Rise of the Silver Surfer. Very good. Oh, yeah. 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 You, uh, now, what, what are our thoughts on Perry White now being... Who's Perry White? Uh, the boss of the Daily Planet. The know. big, you know, the guy, the, uh, what's his famous line? Great Caesar's ghost. Right. Oh, so now right, Lawrence right. Fishburne, he's pulling a kingpin. He's going to be that, that movie character. Let's talk about it right now. Who, oh, yeah. I don't, I, I, now that I know, who cares? I, I, don't, <laughs> I, I could honestly care less. I don't know. I mean, uh, if it's not <clears throat> The Dark Knight, I don't know if I want to like any DC movie. <laughs> yeah. I, don't wow. I mean, yeah. Yeah. I'm not going mean, to see it one wow. way or the other. Yeah. I agree. I agree. Absolutely. Thank I'm you. sure the Man of Steel is just going to be a uh, it's going to be green pile of dung. It's going to be like Green Lantern. It's going to be all hyped, and it's going to be uh, poop. It's going to be Mark poop. Is, Mark is biting his tongue. Super poop. <laughs> I reserve judgment for the movie, but I kind of like David's apathy of who cares because I mean it's not a major character, mm-hmm. and Lawrence Fishburne's a dang good actor. Dang so, it. He is. Yeah, I do like Lawrence. Yeah, Fishburne. Lawrence Fishburne can bring some street cred. Morpheus. Um, what about uh, the, the Green Lantern news, where they said they're going ahead with a sequel and it's going to be darker and edgier? Because that's heard, what I think of when I think of Green Lantern. CGI. Yeah. I think they even said they're going to build towards the Astro Core War, which is ambitious to say the least. Could be interesting. I hope they never do it. Eh, it's a trilogy based town. Hollywood loves trilogies. Did that make? Did that? Hollywood make loves making money, money too. Made money? It made like it, fifty million, and then it stopped. Yeah, like went downhill yeah. after that. Yeah. If it made sixty, I'd be surprised. I just took a ride on the Goodyear limp. You I know, know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> there wow. it is. Oh, there it wow. is. He's in it. He yep. is feeling it. Yep. Uh, what other news? Catwoman. Oh yeah, that that the image Anne leaked. Anne Hathaway was riding a motorcycle wearing a goofy mask. We all saw it. That's Catwoman right there. That is Catwoman. Warner Brothers has Catwoman. credited the picture as Selena Kyle, not Catwoman. I don't think they're ever going to call her Catwoman in the movie. No. Nope. I'll bet you $10. Catwoman is never uttered. I'll bet you 20 Really? That's not the final costume. I'll take that bet. Because, you know, how, in, in, like it's supposed to be based in real life, you know, that, that trilogy. I'm doing air quotes. Yeah. Uh, I just don't see someone saying the word Catwoman and not... Having it sound yeah, but silly. they say Batman yeah. and it doesn't sound silly. Why would Catwoman be any different? Because I'm taking that bet. You owe me ten bucks. Because Batman is come 2012. <laughs> you know what? I bet Summer. they do one of those things where the newspaper dubs her some cat yeah. burglar. They're calling her Catwoman. Yeah, that exactly. doesn't matter. That's not what you said. <laughs> I did. If that yeah, is, I stand if that by is in the movie. You owe me ten bucks. I stand by the bet. Good. Right. Jim Gordon's going to be. Uh, 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 something Catwoman. I don't know what I'm talking about. But. <laughs> That's why you don't write movies. <laughs> <there>. <laughs> right. um, and, and then finally, last piece of news. 
women, they're coming back to DC Comics. You know, in a big way. They uh, the Batgirl, the, the infamous Batgirl. I'm doing air quotes again mm-hmm. at the San Diego Comic Con. You know, she was hounding the DC editors. You heard that? Where are the women in comics? Except this one and that one and that one and that one and that one. Dale, we'll get to okay, your women haters in next show when they write in. <laughs> well, they're all writing. Co- they're all saying these things. They are. Um, so they created a well enough stink that Jim Lee and Dan Didayo had to write a letter on their website saying, we hear you. We're going to get more broads in our comics. Mm-hmm. Front and center. Dovetailing on that, I... Uh managed to tweet my favorite female writer, Devin Grayson, yeah. who she said in very kind words that under the current D.C. administration, she doesn't think she'll be going back. She'd love to, but until that administration is quote-unquote rebooted, she ain't going. You're talking Isn't about that someone? Aren't they rebooting yeah. D.C.? Maybe she means rebooting the administration. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. I'm trying to work a joke in there. That was good. <laughs> I thought it. How many? When spoken to from now on, I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> How many high-profile female writers are there out there? Aside from Gail Simone. Marjorie Liu. Yeah, her. Uh, Matt Fraction's wife. Kelly Sue uh, DeConnick, is that mm-hmm. her? Amanda Connor. Oh, wait, she's in Pensler. Um, that's it. That's all I can think of. I mean, I'm sure there are others in their group. Yeah, and, and now we're going to look like tools for not yeah. knowing. But Thanks a lot, Mark. Now you, you, That was a setup. Yeah. Now you're going to tweet back Devin Grayson and say, Oh, remember, <laughs> you know, I'm on the only one on your side in this crew. Um, Already done. So so yeah, they're apparently they're they're reviving projects that didn't make the cut uh, for the launch, and uh, there were some projects that were already being cooked up, and now they had to say, you know, we are working on projects. People couldn't wait. You know, you couldn't wait till September. You couldn't wait. You know what? Sales rules all. At the end of the day, they'll throw out more female-driven yeah. stuff, more female-targeted stuff, but the sales ain't there. They're not going to do it. it. Yeah. Um, and then there was the other. You know they. The Wonder Woman, I guess, is really now not wearing pants in the relaunch, mm. unfortunately. Um, and the, did anyone else see that David Finch cover with Wonder Woman front and center? Yeah, yeah she's pulling like this uh, silk lasso. People were getting all bent out of shape because she looked like a stripper, yeah. and apparently in that pose. Now, Slim, you were saying a couple she, episodes back that you were going to read. Win. She looks like a stripper anyway. <laughs> yeah, she does. So you heard it here first. It's true. Now, wait. Uh, Mark was saying I was yeah. right at something, so I want to hear the rest of it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. You were going to read Wonder Woman in next month when it's rebooted. Yeah. Does the pants thing really make an issue to it you? It makes an issue to me, yeah. Really? Yeah. Well, I like the pants. You know? I don't know. It just makes her more appealing Will that stop me. you from reading it? Uh, no. Probably not. All right, then. I mean, I just would have preferred pants. All right. Just, you know? just to see it. Just to see that it would be able to work with her wearing pants. Yeah, I mean, no, whatever anyone does with Wonder Woman, no one will ever love it. Because she was front, you know, people want front and center women on a cover. Wonder Woman was front and center on a cover. But just people said she looked like a stripper. So she had to been like sitting down reading a book for people <laughs> to be enjoying it. And even then people would have hated it. So can't win, Dale. Can't win. It's true. Let's get into some comics. That's what we do. Uh, now we're in your house. Podcast bad boy. We won't disclose the con- the location because I don't want to get you getting legit hate mail. Well, yeah. Thank you for uh, coming. <laughs> legit hate mail. Thank you for keeping Thanks for having us. Place. You have a great spread upstairs. Um, it's a shame that uh, uh, Jonesy couldn't be here. And, you know, may never be here. He's yet. missing out, but... Uh, we have just Dave now. He'll probably send us a postcard from... Uh, where's that place in Texas that Andy Dufresne sent the postcard? I don't know. The world's Ford great. Guantaneo, Texas. <laughs> he walked off the show. It's his own fault. So this this is a segment where we read... Uh, we talk about what we're reading, new and old. It doesn't have to be fresh. 
can be old. It doesn't have to be. You know, a lot of my stuff is old, and it's going to blow your mind. Mm. Can't wait. Um, what are you reading right now, Dale? X-Men Schism, number two. Hmm. Hmm. We continue on the train of... The schism train. A schisming in the X-Universe. Not sure what the schisming is yet. It could go, you know, many different ways. Right. But we all assume that it goes to a split between Cyclops and Wolverine. Mm-hmm. Number two, you could picks say up. you could say the relationship goes limp. I guess yeah, you could yeah. say that. It goes, you know, it uh, takes. I don't, I don't have anything else. Frank up. Frank Cho wrote that or drew that issue, didn't he? Frank issue Cho wrote the, uh, drew this mm-hmm. with Jason Aaron. Yeah, your boy. Yeah, absolutely. Jason the Aaron Nightheart. I will always <laughs> call him, and nobody else will understand. Wow. Um, picks up where the last issue took off, uh, left off, with the uh, the Sentinel programs being uh, rebooted, or not rebooted, but booted up, uh, much defunct. A lot of these Sentinels in a lot of these countries are defunct because they haven't been paid attention to in so yeah, long. Yeah. A lot of them are running amok, attacking their own people. Um, a lot of them are breaking apart before even uh, t- getting to be turned on. Um, and... Uh, what's his name? Quentin, Quentin, Quire? Quentin Quire. Yeah, shows up at the uh, at, at the X Men Island of Utopia, and uh, basically is seeking asylum. Scott Summers, Cyclops, takes him in. Wolverine is peed off about it, mm-hmm. uh, and which I th- I think is a really f- it's a really kind of cool twist. Scott Summers wants to be integrated with humans fully, right? But he. Well, oh, yeah, right. Mm. Or does he? Mm. Schism, schism, schism. Um, but in another telling uh, action of, of of a schisming, he uh, he's going to be uh, Quentin Quire is going to be judged by his peers of mutants. Whereas I would think, as Cyclops, the guy who wants to integrate fully, would hand him over to a court system. That's what he should do. Right. Oh, right. Wolverine thinks that Wolverine says, "Get him off my island. You're going to bring all the trouble here." And uh, a new Hellfire Club is kicking up with some 12-year-old punk kid uh, leading the charge. Yeah. She's a genius. He's a multi-billionaire. And um, they're going to show up at some mutant museum opening. What did you think of the issue? Did you like it? I like the issue. Because your boy wrote it. Yeah, yeah. My boy wrote it. And uh, you know what? I haven't read X-Men in a long time. It's been a few years since I stopped reading. I I didn't read the vampire stuff. I didn't read... Any of that hoo ha, but so uh, you're back. You're back in it. You're staying with it. I'm going to stay with it because I'm excited to see where this goes. And right now, I mean, Jason Aaron, he's he's kicking butt. I mean, he truly is. And I'm excited to see where Schism goes, mainly because the I'm so surprised at Cyclops' character. Mm-hmm. I just can't believe to see the side of him. I mean, it's a cool angle to take for a storyline, but uh, enjoying the heck out of it. Uh, Mark, what did you think of Schism? Did you read it? I did read it. I agree pretty much with everything Dale said. I like them bringing back Quentin Quire. There was also a part when they're arguing whether or not to give this guy asylum that Wolverine says, hand him up. I don't want him on my island. Captain America, Steve Rogers calls. Oh, yeah, that was Says, cool. have you seen him? And Quentin is hiding behind the corner. Cyclops looks him in the eye and says, no, we haven't. But if we find him, we'll let you know. And it's weird to see Cyclops not comply and just think that mutants are, I guess, above everybody else. That's not him. Mm. Yeah. And it's weird to see mm-hmm. him become that. 
And Steve Rod- I mean, that's so crazy. Lied to yeah, Steve Rogers. Lied to like Captain that. America. Oh, man. Who would do that? What kind of a person? Agreed. Exactly. Maybe that's the schism. You know, humans and mutants. You know, maybe that's the real schism. I found myself okay. getting angry at this because as I'm reading it and liking schism, I'm thinking prelude to schism had nothing to do with this. Prelude to schism was trash. It was marketed garbage. Their mission was to get my dollars, and unfortunately, they won. And now I'm peeing. They tricked you. They did trick me. Like a sucker. I should have just borrowed somebody else's issues like you didn't mind. (laughs) Borrow somebody else's money to pay for it. I'm saying, right? (laughs) Dave, did you read Schism? Are you... uh, I read... I read... Prelude, Prelude to Schism number one mm-hmm. and yeah. hated it and, and stuff. that was it. You were smart. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You were yeah. smart. Oh, and the, uh, mutant, they're opening the Mutant Museum, so Cyclops sends some X-Men emissaries, you know, because you, if you're going to open a Mutant Museum, you should maybe have some mutants there to, uh, you know, get in the good graces. So uh, Colossus shows up, uh, Rogue shows up. Magneto. Magneto. Magneto shows up. I saw the pictures for issue three that... Um, What's his name? He was drawing a few of the... Oh, Daniel Acuna. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, he drew some of those Wolverine issues, and we were... I think I think it was this show. We were making jokes about how it was weird, because he just drew Magneto and them just, like, in the streets, just standing around in their costumes and look silly. <laughs> but this the, this issue has them going to, a, you know, a gala, and they're just mm-hmm. standing around wearing their costumes and a helmet. It just looks silly. And Hellfire's going to go start some ish at, these, uh, at the museum. Mm-hmm. And you have Wolverine, like, sitting in a bar, and he goes... That's oh, not an yeah. emissary. That's a show of force. Mm. Just yep. sitting there, second-guessing everything, drinking, and undermining Scott. Mark, what are you reading right now? Should come as no surprise to anybody, I picked up Flashpoint number four. Really? <laughs> <laughs> David's right. That's how the issue was. Really? Yeah. Jeez. It picked up right after the cliffhanger in three with six kids who are the Shazam kids or Captain Marvel debating if they should eat pizza or save the world. What? And, yeah, exactly. And then it flashes back to the Flash, Batman, and Cyborg rescuing Superman. They go meet these kids who are Captain Marvel to recruit more people. They head over to Europe to jump in on the war between Aquaman and Wonder Woman. And we get to the last page where we finally meet the villain who caused Flashpoint. We don't know what he did. We All we're seeing is the effect. Meanwhile, the ticking time bomb is counting down, and the Flash is losing his memory of how the DCU should be. I just don't care. The only reason I'm reading this is because I want to see what kicks off the DC reboot next month. So the DC proper, DC universe proper, is being relied on Flash's memory of it? Is that how? So far it is. The whole, the common thread throughout this series has been the Flash is the only person who remembers how DC proper should be. But the longer he stays in this reality, the more his memories are starting to be aligned with the new history. So that's the ticking clock element in the story, which is kind of cool. But at the same time, after four out of five issues right. where we don't know anything, where we haven't had the villain and the hero meet, I'm just bored. Just reboot it. Just reboot it. Just just get it along. Get it along. Flaccid point. <laughs> it's two in one show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I forgot to borrow that from you and read it. It was actually in the office sitting around, and I paged through it, and I was like, yawn. Well said. And I'm the DC historian. I love it. But I had to power on through this. Man. It's not DC. It's not lack of continuity that's killing DC sales right now. The quality's going down. Well, they just put any other, any old artist on their uh, books some of the time. Apparently. I think uh, the books that are coming out, the last issues of the series were, like, not even close to the solicited artists. Yep. Because I guess they're all working on... uh, 
uh, the yeah, other 52, stuff. Mm. I guess. They just can't announce it yet. Senioritis. What's cool about that, though, is, and if we manage to get another book in, I'll expand on it. Yeah. I'm reading other DC books, and since August is their last issue before the reboot, you're seeing stories end. So they're actually grounded. Starting... Did you did you read grounded? I did read grounded. Save it, save it, save it for the rest. It's of the cool. Show. It's cool. <laughs> for done. the books we won't get to. Moving <laughs> on. <laughs> At the sale, what are you reading? Uh, I read. Let me get my mic in here. I read. Talk to me, goose. <laughs> uh, Cobra. Cobra Civil War number one, GI Joe. Hmm. Hmm. Um. Cobra Commander's Co- dead in this, Cobra, right? Yeah, Cobra Commander's dead, and I, I talked about this on the last show that I was on, but I'm sure no one remembers. So they're having this competition to see who can kill the most G.I. Joes to be the next Cobra Commander. Um, and Baroness is one of the... Contenders? Yeah, one of the contenders. This book starts out with Baroness saying, I will never become Cobra Commander. So she realizes that They'll, they'll they'll never respect a woman in charge. She just knows that no matter what she does, she's not going to be Cobra Commander. Mm. Um, but she knows that the organization respects her loyalty and all you know all that other stuff. So she's still, you know, she's still planning on winning, even though she knows that that they'll probably never there accept her as the put a mustache on as the Cobra that. Commander. Fake news. Um, it's like one just one of the guys that movie. <laughs> So she's going out and trying to kill G.I. Joes, but she's also trying to keep the Cobra organization's interests alive and well. So she goes to Ecuador Classic. and uh, kills this drug dealer, I guess, or wh- whoever this guy is. They don't really tell you. Um, but then back at the Joes headquarters, um, one of their uh, analyst guys right. sees, sees this plane coming in low and then taking off real fast and is like, this is suspicious, this doesn't happen, and... He's telling his superiors and all this kind of stuff. And they're basically like, this isn't what we pay you to do. We need to get this comm link up and running. So do that and Jeez. just leave this alone. And he just keeps, you know, pestering them about it. And they're and then, you know, they're finally just like, just leave it alone. Doesn't sound like the do, Joes at all. Yeah, do your job that, that, you know, that you're here to do. And I don't want to hear another word about this Ecuador situation. Because we have Joes in Panama. You know, get me the comm link in Panama. Um, and then... So then she's arguing with... That should uh, be the episode title. Get me the <laughs> yeah. comic and <laughs> Yeah. So then Baroness ends up back at their headquarters, and she's she's uh, she's kind of chastising Serpentor for just kind of hanging around and not doing anything because he's supposed to be, you know, doing this too. Is, does he wear the costume like, yeah. in the movie? I wonder yeah. what, what does he do when, he, when he's just hanging around <laughs> yeah. doing nothing in that yeah. costume? Yeah. Just sitting in his room Lounge, by himself. Yeah, lounging on the couch with his feet up. I did think that was kind of weird, but I like the costume, so I'm not going to complain. You um, want to put your head back on a pillow or something. Yeah. <laughs> so she basically just rips him for just hanging around and, and, and being worthless because, you know, he's just this guy he, and he just wants to be on television or whatever. And they say that uh, one of the other guys says that he, he's more valuable than they know because he has an insider in, in the G.I. Joe organization. And then, uh, I don't want to give it away, but at the end of the issue, you find out who it is in the organization. Um, and it'll make mm. you, it'll make you mm. S in your P's, as oh, Dale would say. Oh, boy. 
I mean, if I mean, if you're into the book, which 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 I do enjoy it, so it's kind of it was good for me to read. What was that issue number one? It was issue number one of the Cobra Civil War. Yeah. Whoa, Cobra! Check it out. I like it. Switch gears. Just do yeah. it. Do it. Uh, Mark, Something. I'm gonna blow your mind right now. Do it. I'm waiting. Let's um, go. You know what, what? What popped up in the apps? You know, in the comicsology, Batman Year Two. What? Not bad. Hmm. Not bad. Uh, so yeah, after Year One uh, had come out, you know, DC was trying to capitalize on right. the success of Frank Miller and Dave Mazzucchelli. So um, they tried. They tried their best. They got uh, Alan Davis on art. And uh, do you remember the writer's name? I don't remember uh, the writer. I want to say Mark Barron, but that's not true. I don't. I don't know what that is. I it's, think it was uh, Doug something. Doug Munch. No. Uh, who, who has an eye? Someone. Someone. Wiki, wiki Batman Year Two for me. Um, I want it, boss. So what's interesting about this is it. It's the famous cover of Batman with a gun in his hand, and he's got like the holster on his chest. And what's doubly interesting is the the last three issues out of the four were drawn by Todd McFarlane. I remember that. Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. blew my mind. This is like really early on. This is before it looks. It looks way before Spider-Man stuff. I would guess. Um, so I picked him up. The covers are gorgeous. You know, Dallin, or yeah, the three out of four McFarlane covers are gorgeous. So this takes place uh, in in the year two of Batman, of Bruce Wayne as Batman. Mm-hmm. Mike W. Barr. There oh, it is. There it is. Okay. Um, so it, it's him. And he fi- he finds this new villain in Gotham, which I guess would be his really second big villain. Um, not that there was a big villain in the first one. This was the first appearance of the costume villain, yeah, if right. I'm not mistaken. Um, and his name was the Reaper. He's wearing this red leather costume and a and a and a cape. And his famous line is, um, you know, he actually says the line, uh, "You're going to fear the Reaper." <laughs> which is pretty silly. Uh, so oh, Batman like, like gets his butt whooped in his first fight with him and decides that he needs to man up and use a gun Jeez. against him. Wow. So just like that, he gives up. And he's That's like, F this, I need yeah. a gun. <laughs> a little Scott Evil over here. So <laughs> what's even more absurd is he doesn't just use any gun. He uses the gun that his parents were killed with. <laughs> which he How did he get what? that? Which apparently he has kept. For all these years, in he's got like it right this, next to the T Rex in the back. In, yeah, in like this uh, safe, and it doesn't it doesn't stop there in terms of absurdity. How do you even get that? Well, just hold on, Dave. I'll get even more silly. <laughs> Not only that, but Batman, you know, he turns on on the in the eyes of the cops um, because Gordon, you know, tries to to take down the Reaper, but Batman shoots at Gordon to get him out of there because it's too dangerous. So mm-hmm. now the cops all think he's like. Uh, an outlaw similar to the end of the dark knight um but at that point batman partners up with the underworld because the reaper is killing all the you know the goombas in the underworld so batman you know he's assigned a partner to help take down the reaper that partner is joe chill the man who killed his parents he ain't lying he He ain't lying lying. (laughs) You can't see me rolling my eyes right now, guys. I'm rolling. They're rolling. So, yeah. So he had partners up with Joe Chill for like two and a half issues to take down the Reaper. It's one of the worst comic books I've ever read in my entire life. <laughs> that sounds it is terrible. It is that sounds silly. Terrible. It's so silly. The whole yeah. thing is just awful. 
And so no wonder. So DC obviously has disavowed knowledge of this book. It's not. It's not <laughs> right. canon. I think it maybe was canon for as soon as issue four ended, and then it was not anymore. But then they put it in their apps. So yeah, <laughs> yeah I don't know why. <laughs> um, but the cover, the McFarlane covers are awesome. I screenshotted one. I meant to post it. Um, but one of the most absurd books I've ever read. In my oh life. my heavens! Alan Davis is solid on art too, and I, that's about all the good things you can I say. I never liked Alan Davis' really? art that much, even on Avengers and stuff nope. like that. Nope. So no. how are Joe Chill and Batman as partners? Does Batman say, "Oh yeah, remember when?" Oh, well, I guess he wouldn't know. No, well, he can't he, reveal. He does at the end once the Reaper that is believed to be dead. So he meets up with Joe Chill in his bedroom and like takes off his mask and tells him. And then the Reaper ends up killing Joe Chill because he was alive the whole time and, and ends up killing Joe Chill. And now he knows Bruce Wayne's secret because Bruce Wayne was dating the Reaper's daughter, of course. So. <laughs> oh, my <laughs> God. Man. So, you know, it just created a whole awkward mess between the family. Uh, God, I mean, for curios- curiosity's sake, I recommend reading it just so that oh, everyone have to. knows it. But, oh, God. It takes place in Detective Comics. That's how you can find it. If there's anybody who wants my trade paperback, hit me up on Twitter because I'll never read it again. <laughs> mm, I wow. don't need it. You going to sign it? Why not? I there will sign go. it, David. All right. I will, we'll all sign it. Alan Davis's art reminds me of uh, like a more loose Brian Hitch. I could see that. But I don't like it. I wonder how he draws a Wonder Woman. Um, I got a big surprise for her. We got to hit the oh, world-famous... Lightning round. You know, everyone knows the rules. Two sentences or less. Uh, a book that they're reading, and then we got to hit the book club. We're running out of time. How much time are we putting on the clock? Uh, we have no clock. Two, two sentences. sentences. Two sentences. Two sentences. Two sentences. Really? Doesn't even need a clock. Come on, come on, bud. Um, so who wants to? We going to continue the direction. Dale looks like he is sweating. This. I th- you know I fail this segment miserably every time, and I feel like a smacker. I feel like a smack, but... You're what, you're looking through that comic like it's a calendar. What is that? Well, I'm trying to get my two sentences together. I'm oh, like, okay. in, while I'm talking, I'm forming two sentences. In while my he's head. forming... Can I jump in? Yeah, can we can go out of order. That's fine. Superman 714, the fine. end of the grounded arc. Uh-huh. Kudos to Chris Roberson for cleaning up all of JMS's crap. Nice to see the end in a comic book story and have my hero get a sense of finality. Hmm. That's a word. Finality? Yeah, that's a word. That was a long sentence. I'll give him that much, though. Hey, it was run-ons. I'll give you that. It's like one of those ones you you have to diagram in a in a in English a classroom. Exam. <laughs> <laughs> like that's you get one sentence and that's your final exam. How many conjunctions are in this sentence? Yeah. yeah. Um, that's why Dale. Underscore A. I'm ready. Did you get your comic book at our show sponsor? I did. This oh week? yeah, the comic book shop, yeah. Wilmington, Delaware. <laughs> they can't play our show because we're too uh, we're too innuendoish. I, I guess we got some innuendo rolling around here, but I we're mean, keeping it clean. But yeah. you know, I know who it yeah. comes from now that I think about it. But that shouldn't be a problem since he's no longer here, right? No, I'm talking about <laughs> Dale. Oh yeah, this, uh, this is news to me. This is <laughs> terrible. <laughs> You did uh, say you hate female midgets. I remember that episode. Can you imagine if Miles Morales was a female black Hispanic midget? Dale would pro- Dale's head would explode. I think. <laughs> Just wait till we get to the. Just wait till we get to the handicap girl. Uh, yeah. Savor the show. Savor wow. the show. Wow. <laughs> Rachel Rising by Terry Moore. I heard about this book. A not okay. 
That's not what this is. <laughs> it's a horror book uh, written in black and white, and I liked it. But there was not enough meat in the first issue for three ninety nine. <laughs> That's it. That's true. Hey, you One, got it in two sentences. You got it in two sentences. Sentences just sound so bizarre. Yeah. Just, that's all there is. Great job, Dale. Yeah. Job. yeah right. Thanks, guys. Now, this is uh, probably our number one fan of this segment coming up next. I love this segment. Just Dave. Um, he is he is taking on the thesis of a project to create the Gen Z oh, wiki. Boy. You're going to give me some time. It could like be that. another 30 episodes. He's going to be like Atlas, man. Yeah. The weight of the world on his shoulders. <laughs> I feel it. All right, Dave. Give it to us straight. Lightning round. Duke Nukem, Whoa. Glorious Bastard. They made a comic? Jesus. Written by Tom Waltz, art by Zermanico. Two sentences, here we go. One of the worst comic books <laughs> I have ever, ever read in my entire life. And that's only the first sentence. Sentence Anyone? number two. Jonesy would love this comic book. <laughs> uh, Lord. That's all you need to know. Um, all you need to know. Here we go. This is it. Do it. Lightning round. Slammer. Don't forget. Superman. Whatever happened to the man of tomorrow? I you them. were in a throwback mood, I weren't you? I bought them on the Superman sale. I didn't read them yet. So did I. Obviously. Alan Moore has crafted one of the greatest tales ever written no my goodness wow. go by these two issues now who was on art for that kurt uh, swan kurt swan yeah. with uh assist by george perez in the first issue yeah Snap. you know um and oh. while i was on an alan moore kick so i was searching his name through the apps you know see what popped up see what he did a he did a young blood issue with rob liefeld did really? you know that did anyone else did? know that i did not what? silliness why would alan moore ever do that and that was, yeah, wow, that bl- just blew my mind. Yeah. yeah. When you're on Alan Moore level, you work whenever you want to. Like, didn't I say he's doing new League of Extraordinary Gentlemen stuff? Uh, League 1969. 1969, that's right. Yeah, mixed reviews. You know, they were probably all up on his B and his D. We'll see the movie like, in seven please, years. we got this guy, Rob. <laughs> just, you know, write something for him, please. You know. Um, you're Alan Moore. Speaking of. His beard and his D. Is B and D's our book club? This one was was out of left field. You know, we were gonna have just Dave on the show. Yeah, uh, you know his reentrance to the show. Maybe from now on, who knows? We we'll have to get some business cards for him printed up. We mm-hmm. will have to mm-hmm. change it in the Vista print. Yep. Um, the Sword by the Luna Brothers. Never heard of them actually before. Dave Dave said I would probably hate it because it's by the Luna Brothers. I never heard of them. Right. Really? Um, yeah. Oh, I thought you were the one that told me that no. you hated everything mm-hmm. they did. I'm sorry. I I accept your apology. So this this is a story about a handicapped character. She's in a wheelchair. She's like Oracle. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, something happens. You know, her her father has some enemies. They come for him. You know, after several years, they're looking for a sword. Says he doesn't have it. Family slaughtered. The handicapped daughter left for dead mm. finds the sword. It does exist. Under the house. She regains the use of her legs after grabbing the sword. You know, every every oracle's dream. <laughs> every oracle. <laughs> Outside and of every oracle. We're two for two. We're yeah. two for two as Outside far as... Outside of the DC relaunch. Right. 
Um, so now, you know, the sword is found. They send people after her. She finds out more of the mystery that is her father's past. And uh, that is the six issues. Uh, well, let me just say one thing here. Say it. I thought I was going to hate this book. Well, right, yeah. Right I, off I the had, bat. Yeah. Because Dave said that's I was going to hate it. Um, I read the entire run on the train. Fantastic. Fantastic six issues. Wow. Awesome. Loved it. Loved it. Loved it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Good. Um, good. But what are everyone else's thoughts on the book? Well... Since, I don't know. I just figured yeah, I'd no. grab the reins. Do since it. I suggested it. No one Absolutely. else was. Um, for anyone that's read this all the way through, it which I have before, um, it definitely benefits from BDS a second reading. There, I, there's always, you know, two kinds mm. of books. You benefit from a second reading, and you just get it all the first time. Mm. Reading this through the second time, after knowing the whole story, there's just little tidbits here and there sprinkled throughout that that. I was just like, oh, you know, because you think... And this is one of those books that had a beginning and end, definitely. It was like 24 issues? Yeah, it was 24 issues, I Love believe. It. Yeah, and, Love it, it. and definitely a good, a solid twist ending, kind of like out of left field, like mind-blowing type of ending Ooh. where you just, you turn, like, I don't remember what issue it was, probably three, maybe three quarters of the way through is this spoilers? the run. No, but just three quarters of the way through the run or whatever, you turn that last page... And you you know you read that last page and it's like whoosh, your mind just blows up inside your head. Don't make um, me want to read the rest of this run, Dave. Please, please. <laughs> it was terrible. I, want I really thought you'd hate it. I I That's loved intriguing. I loved how every issue ended on like a R.L. Stein cliffhanger page. Yeah. You know, yeah. Like ah, oh, now I gotta get the next issue. Yeah. And I'm a fan of violence, though. That's oh like, so, man, God. but she just oh. is with the sword. She just, like, it's, it's like, like it just seems like an effortless swing, and just yeah. people are just, like, cut in half so, and, you know, chopped. There's so stuff. much violence in this book. I wanted to just go out and get a sword and start <laughs> dicing people for kicks. Mm-hmm. Get a Hanzo blade. Uh, Dale, um, I was very curious the whole week. You thought about what I thought. I was sitting back, stroking my goatee. What is Dale thinking about this book? What are your thoughts? I was stroking his goatee, too, also. Yeah, I was dreaming about it. Um, the sword, S-word, I kept calling it all week from Saturday Night Live. Um, well, first, let me tell you about these Luna Brothers. I never heard of them before this, either, so I wikied them, all right? <laughs> and now all I can think about are the two Asian hackers from the movie Hackers. They dress up like real womanly. Yeah. Anybody Is that, hackers? Is that what No, that but like? that's all I can picture them being now. <laughs> and it annoys me to no end because I hate them because of it. Um, Another group that Dale hates. Yeah. <laughs> womanly hackers. Womanly Asian hackers. They're really men. Um, the book blew my mind because I didn't know what to expect from the book, but when her family is utterly like slaughtered, like the Hills Have Eyes-esque uh, murder in the in the first couple pages i was like wow this is a really serious book i don't know how i felt about the book i I, i'm gonna be one of the downers it just the book to me felt like it was written in a way that you could almost see the writing on the wall and but now i'm way intrigued because dave says there's a super twist halfway three quarters away through the run but um and and the art was like the lunar brothers draw one woman face one man face and they put different hair on these faces, <laughs> yeah. and it was like I was watching. It looked like I was watching a cleaner, a cleaned up version of King of the Hill, because like 
every every person has thirty two teeth in their mouth. Like everything is like really, it looks odd, but it looks good. But it's like very clean. Like somebody took a picture and then made a cartoon out of the picture. Mm-hmm. 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 You know what I mean? Agreed. That's good critique. That's good critique. Um, Let's make out. <laughs> that I mean, that was good. I just I don't know the sword. I don't know. It's uh, you thought it was hoagie. I I did. I think I did. Wow, this is a comic and book, you know. I know, and that, <laughs> and that's why I want to get like. And it's really cool that these guys. I mean, they've they've put out several runs of these books, and they're selling. And the creator owned comics, you know, I got much love for. Mm-hmm. But it just felt like there was no mystery to me. Like, oh, it just so happens that uh, you know they had. There's this one kid at the funeral who knows everything about Demetrios, the uh, the main character, and it's a good thing he's there. And now he's going to be kidnapped with the other two, so he can. So the uh, Dara can learn all about her father's past life. Mm-hmm. Like it he just... touched his life in his class, Dale. Okay, <laughs> I know, I know, Dave. I know. Right. That's why and he was so, there. Thank God he was written in that way because how else would they know about Demetrius <laughs> otherwise? Um, Are you aware this is a comic book? It's a comic book. Okay, let's all talk right. about it. Okay, <laughs> okay. Dale is just getting shut terrible. out right now. It was a terrible book. Right. <laughs> I knew you would hate book. it. I knew it you would hate it. Awful book. The violence was cool. Uh, but the things like Demi- like the uh, the student who knew all about Demetrios's past because, uh, you know, he, I felt like all that was written in, and there was a lo- there was just too much of that, just stuff written in to give the main characters the next clue or the next reason to for being, and uh, and I just didn't like it so much. I, I want to hear from the DC historian right now on this book. Go go go. You know what? Uh, going in, I didn't think I was going to like it. And then, like you, I read it in an hour. Banged mm-hmm. through it, and I loved it. Nice. I don't know if anybody's seen the movie Taken with Liam Neeson in it. But that's what it reminds me of. The first 20 minutes are set up, and then at the 21st minute, they're going out the gate hard and fast. And that's how this felt. It was just breakneck. I loved the violence. And the cliffhangers were so much fun. Like, the end of issue three has to be one of my favorite cliffhangers in comics. What happened is they try to kidnap Dara. Some pimps, some drug dealers, and some pushers try to kidnap Dara. She uses the sword and slices them to bits. She thrusts her sword in this guy and cuts him in half. And while she's sitting there with this body strewn about her sword, two detectives come up, guns pulled, looking at Dara, who thought she was a crippled paraplegic. She turns to them and goes, this isn't what it looks like. End issue. Right, the same like, the same detectives that like came to her house the night that her exactly. family was murdered, and she told them this cockamamie yeah, yeah. story. Exactly. Uh, the Luna Brothers. If you read it, you can tell they had this deep, entrenched history and story in mind about Dara's father, who had the sword, and the villains who are chasing him. And I found myself getting really engulfed in that story. It starts somewhere in Crete, maybe four thousand years ago, and goes all the way to the present day. It was just a fun read, and I actually picked up a couple other trades, so I'm going to try to read the run by the end of the next week. Yeah, and th- that that breakneck speed where it's just like, go, 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 that is, th- that is through the rest of the book. I mean, it's just go, go, go the whole way. Exactly. Yeah, I, I do... I. I do think the art could have been done a little better, but like it's just you know it's the two of them and they just go and yeah, do it. But it's it's it's, it's very much like, uh, um, like Steve Dillon. It just seems like he's like everybody has kind of the same yeah. face kind of thing, mm-hmm. you know. But whatever. I do think I do I do like that they were doing their own thing and they do their own thing together. Yeah. Um, and it, it was really cool after reading the whole run that it's 
that the way it appears now you read this you read the whole run obviously and, and I think I might want to too is um how each book after is handled like it seems like it maybe deals with one of the villains like I'm sure you know all the villains are in all the issues but I think I kind of know where it was headed and and I like how they wrapped up the the first issue was called fire and there's a reason for that and you know like by the end of the issue in some way or another fire has been dealt with mm-hmm. and uh, I think that's cool and I think you know at that if there's six issues for each one of those I think uh, it's pretty neat but you know overall eh. a little lukewarm and lukewarm. you know what lukewarm that's fine that's fine. This show's about opinions. Yeah. You're allowed to have yours. Opinion. I'm allowed to have mine. Opinion keg. Agreed. Uh, I did take some notes. Yeah, I'm just going to read through them. Okay. Let's get some train reading to get notes. Uh, I, th- I like the dialogue because it felt real. You know, a mm-hmm. lot of the dialogue. There's a lot of text in a lot yeah. of the conversations. A lot of page. Yeah. You know, a lot of pages had a ton of text, but, you know, it felt good. It felt right. I liked it. I wish they would have brought somebody in to write the jokes because none of the jokes were funny. But <laughs> that's wow. Luna, Luna Brothers, Luna yeah, Brothers, yeah, look me up. Business cards. Uh, <laughs> let's see. Insane violence. Why does she go to her friend's house the night her family is murdered? Wouldn't she go to like a hospital or some kind of like psychi- psychiatric hold? You know. That's true. Yeah. She uh, was in shock. Yeah. I guess she I just don't know how shock. that works. Yeah. 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 They were just like, "Do you have a place to stay tonight?" They didn't. They, they weren't like, you know, we right. would like you to We'd come. Like you to, to come wherever. in and yeah. protect you. Yeah. She was um, in shock because remember that scene next when she's staring in the mirror and her hair is singed, but she's not reacting, and her friend is stroking her hair, going, "You know what? I'll trim that up for That's you." Well, yeah, yeah, but all the more reason for the cops <laughs> to to, <laughs> to be to concerned her. about her. Right. Yeah. She's in shock. Those cops in the first two issues did a half-assed job so, do you have any place to go tonight yeah i do yeah. all right her story checks out yeah. stuff she's fine she's fine uh the crying noises were funny i don't know they tried to uh-huh. like te- uh-huh. text or they tried to write how, how crying yeah. sounded yeah. it was like <laughs> uh so much text uh, i loved her leaping with the sword yeah i also loved the digital focus that they used some sometimes i hate it but in this book i liked it um, let's see. Scene where the dude holds the sword, uh, the back, like where that guy, the the secret the agent guy. Yeah, yeah, that was cool. Um, yeah, that was that was the majority of the time. I, I love it. I'll, I'll be I'll be definitely picking up the rest. I want to see where this goes. Absolutely, yeah. I'm right there with you. Um, so that was if, it. See if everybody else has 32 teeth in their head. Or you know. <laughs> I will I will be counting just to spite you. <laughs> but um, you know we we got a lot of stuff to get to. S word, a um, lot of stuff. Image Let's Comics. We should we should say, Image Comics. We got your letters. I'm gonna open them up. Farrington's gonna read them to you. Part of Jonesy's exit was that I got to keep all the masters of <laughs> his music. <laughs> he so. signed that. I mean. So he can't take those with him to whatever mm-hmm. podcast he goes to. Yeah, but regretfully, he's got two untaped sounders that we never got to hear. That is, that is very true. So this is the segment where you write in letters at paperkeg.com. Uh, we'll read the best ones. Yeah, you we know, will. I just hit archive on the trash. We get a lot of it, too. <laughs> uh, Mark, what, did we get any good ones this week? We got a couple. This one's a one from Black Sun Patrol writing again saying, I despise crossovers. But I understand publishers think they are a useful tool to get readers onto other titles. My question is, have any of you guys ever been convinced to follow a title you previously ignored after being introduced to the title slash character through a crossover? If so, what title and what crossover? P.S. Scout just keeps getting better and better. 
<laughs> he is not letting that go. Oh, boy. Uh, He's not letting that go. I love That's Scout. so funny. It's just Dave's only episode yeah, we did Scouts. Yeah, right? We've come full circle. Garbage. Yeah. That's wrong. If they are incorrect, it was a good book. So what titles and crossovers have we read? Or what crossovers have made us pick up new titles? That's a really good question. That's a actually. great question. The, the main crossovers I can think of for me would be like the X-Men ones. Maybe I picked up some X Force. That is some ex- some executioner song. I'm trying to think of like maybe events too, though. Like yeah, Civil War or Invasion, Secret Invasion. I can give credit to actually uh, Fifty Two, which you know was like a huge event book. It's I guess it could be considered a crossover because everybody's in it. That that was one of the first things I read in the DCU, and that really got me into Green Lantern and a couple other titles. So I got to give credit. Or credit due there, fifty-two. I never read fifty-two. Really um, good. I think you like it actually. Really I don't know if I would. Let's see. Yeah, okay. The but back you, crossovers. You got your blinders on with your Batman Year Two and your. <laughs> <laughs> the back crossovers of the early '90s got me reading the ancillary back characters like Nightwing and Robin, and then most recently, Civil War actually got me reading Invincible Iron Man hmm. when Tony Stark became hmm. the head of Shield. That's when I actually started reading it monthly. Hmm. Anything, just Dave? Um. I don't remember specifically when it was, but I think I think I started reading or I started going back to read like I read Daredevil for a while and then I stopped reading it and I think he had a crossover with the Punisher and then I started reading it again. I don't remember exactly when that was though. Hmm. It was at least yeah, it was probably at least five years, years ago. ago. Yeah, it was probably at least five years ago, but um and Daredevil was great back then, so it, was. it worked out for me. I still haven't read the new one yet. I, Pretty good. I read it. Pretty good. Was, uh, I, was yeah, I, thought, um, I thought Marcos Martin drew the first one. I didn't realize it was the Paolo Rivera. I didn't realize their art styles were so close together because his covers are way different. <laughs> there you go. I didn't know that either. There you go. Learn something every day. Mm-hmm. Next one is untitled, or uncredited, rather. Hmm. Have you guys ever heard Jonesy's letters sound at double time? I recommend you do so. I don't know if it's quote-unquote better, but it's damn good. Just put that two times button on your iPod, iPads while listening to the show. Soak in the wonder. What is he? What was the? What was is this it? somebody listening to the podcast? To was double, the, that, was Cam, that was Cameron, actually, at Jurassic Alien that wrote that. Oh, really? To include his name in it. Have um, I ever listened to what? A Jonesy song at 2x speed. If you hit the he, 2x in the iPad, iPod app, <laughs> a, iPod app. There's certain, I know there's certain uh, folks out there who will listen to podcasts at double speed to yeah, kind of, really? Yeah, to get their reading in. I've seen that on the internet. Really? So, yeah. It's crazy. That it is crazy. Mind, I've never tried yeah, that before. Yeah. I don't want to try it. Jurassic Alien has a few podcasts. You can check them out. Yeah. Comics Roundtable. <laughs> movie Roundtable. Man, he's writing stuff to get a plug right now. I like. know. I mean, that's why I did it. Yeah. When it's smart. Google them. Right into the... <laughs> Last one we got is coming from Catcher saying, I just recently started following the podcast religiously, but he hasn't rated us yet on iTunes. Ooh. Best mm-hmm. podcast make you feel like you're a part of the discussion, and I constantly find myself laughing out loud or agreeing with you guys. Lately, I've been doing a little Grant Morrison crazy. I just reread Final Crisis after going down on his run on Animal Man, Batman, and watching the documentary about him. I love his work. So my questions are, where does your personal passion slash respect for comics come from? And what are comics' unique attributes? What can they do that other mediums can't? Another good question. Deep question. D-Sale, where does your passion for comics come from? What does that mean? I'll listen to your guys' answers first. <laughs> what does it mean to you? <laughs> I don't know what it means. 
shit just got deep. Uh, yeah, I have, <laughs> I have no idea. I, I, I don't know. I'm not. I. I've, this is like when I try to watch Fight Club and don't yeah. understand a thing. Yeah, that. right. Or Memento. Yeah. I guess I have a. I have a bad imagination, so I like when there's oh, pictures you, with the story. That's diary. actually, you know what? That's actually like, perfect. You know, like, I, I guess that's you know, and you know, plus I, I, I like the idea of just a lot of the characters. It's like, you know, I would like to be able to do the things that they do the mm-hmm. way that they do it. Where does my deep love of comics come from, and why? think maybe from a logistical standpoint i mean maybe i started because i i wasn't a book guy i never read a lot of books especially when i was younger books are stupid i might read more mm-hmm. now but um you know this is like kind of like a book i mean it, when you start reading them you get hooked by the great great stories and with pictures i mean and logistically you can read one in 20 minutes whereas a book yeah. you know but uh, nowadays it's just so much more yeah i used to read uh, a lot of star wars novels Kevin J. Anderson. Well, we know. Yeah. We know. Remember that? <laughs> uh, yeah, I used to read those, and then... John know. Q. fanfic guy. <laughs> yep. Never yep. read yep. fanfic, all right? I don't want to get that out there any more than it already is. Um, <laughs> he but writes my, them. He my brother collected uh, when I was younger, and, uh, you know, it's... In, I guess if you... Ha- books are, like, the ultimate movie because everything is from your mind and so you can create the greatest movie you know that's why i think a lot of movies that were books that become movies i don't like because i've already imagined the greatest version of this movie when i read it um but in terms of comics i think you know it's something that could never be a movie you know back then the stuff we're reading you know you can never make a movie about this so this is like a Mm -hmm. movie for me and stuff i can talk to my friends about i think that's where it came from for me and it's and it's a visual. The medium is so visual that when you get a, a, a even a, a semi good artist, I mean, there's just so much more that can be told on the page than even a book that could never do. And uh, you know, it, it invokes a lot more emotion that way. If you get in a, you know an emotional book like you know Ultimate Spider Man invokes emotion of you being back in high school and with bad art, bad art. You know, thirty two teeth. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Into the hill, <laughs> no, but no, that's a really good question. Um, but yeah, it's very now. It's just passion, passion, passion. Yeah. The fire. Burns. I got in through nostalgia. My grandfather collected. My uncle collected. My mom read a lot. We used to watch the Super Friends together. And then, aside from the character love and watching these like larger than life heroes do incredible things and coming out on top, it was just entertaining to come back to. <laughs> And I'm a big fan of serialized stories. If you give me a mini series on TV, I'll watch it to the end, despite how much I hate it, like just heroes. to see it end. Like right. heroes, exactly. <laughs> Awful heroes. And I mean, you can do so much more with the medium. You don't need a blockbuster budget to do exactly. anything. Exactly. So mm-hmm. the limits are the writer's imagination, which keeps me hooked. Mm-hmm. There you have it. From what was the other question? Was it another question, or was it the, the last one? Last letter. About. That was the last letter. Right. He also asked if we're ever coming to Toronto anytime soon. Oh, look out! Love to. Love to go see a Leafs game. I'll tell you that much. Yeah. Put me up. Is there any Toronto cons coming up? There are some black people in Toronto. I'm down. No, no I mean, yes, I'd like to yes, see the yes, number. has taken off, so he'll probably be filming. <laughs> filming yeah, some yeah stuff you guys have a set, sketch comedy uh, event so, happening. So much mm-hmm. cheaper to film in Canada. Yeah. yeah you know what? Really Maybe is. Jonesy can dub in for me <laughs> when I'm away on shoots if he doesn't <laughs> mind. Speaking of Jonesy, before we wrap it up, yeah. Uh, I just want to apologize to all of the Jonesy fans out there. Um, there are some. I am filling in for Jonesy. I'm sorry that I didn't 
constantly derail the show, <laughs> um, break into song at random. Um, and and I am sober, so I I apologize to all of Jonesy's fans out there. Hopefully, they forgive you. Just I, I, I hope they do. From you should have given him the soapbox music. I, I, sh- I think he would have warranted the soapbox music. Hey, I, I don't want to take Jonesy's music. I uh, you're not Jonesy, but you're just as good, my friend. And, and uh, absolutely, always uh, welcome. Yeah. Pleasure having you on the show as always. Thank just you. Dave. Thank you very much. You can check him out on Twitter, but he doesn't give it out, so you're just going to have to luck out and find him. Do you know what, Social guys? engineering to get that? I don't throw this out there very often, but this could be my favorite episode. This is good. <laughs> Wind column. Wind uh, column episode, I think. It just moved. That's big of you to say that. Yeah, yeah, you usually say just say maybe. Um, you got to earn it, but this was a good one. Big props to Brad Heitmeyer for last week's Hulk cover, and this oh. week's The Sword. You know, he's he. I'm not sure if he's still doing the comic with Jonesy after the fallout. Um, stay tuned, Brad. Uh, yeah, we're trying to set up some commissions for Brad. You know, anyone want some sketches? Yeah, check them out. Um, thanks for being here. Thank you. Thank we'll you. And good night. We'll thanks see you for next week. Me. Peace and out. Peace out.